It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. We are back for another live show. Hello, good evening and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and um, on this edition, we're going to be looking back at the victory over Sheffield United. We're going to be talking about Nicolas Pepe in particular. We're going to be trying to work out what the hell has gone on this weekend in the Premier League, some absolutely crazy results, and probably most importantly in you guys' view, We're going to be discussing Arsenal's hopes and chances of getting some more business done between now and the transfer deadline. Big hello to everyone in the live chat. Um, Feel free to put your comments in, um, drop those in. (coughs) Apologies. Feel free to get your comments in, your questions in, and I'll come to as many of those as I possibly can between now and the end of the broadcast. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be inviting you guys, if you wish, um, to join me. So if you fancy getting on here and having your say on the topics that we're discussing, you can. Um, all you need to do is you need to DM us over at the Chronicles AFC Twitter account. So it's at Chronicles underscore AFC. If you DM me there, and I'll be checking those DMs in a little bit to see who is in there, I will ping you back a link which will allow you to jump on, you'll be live on air, on video, on audio, whatever. If you've got headphones, uh, that would be better. Uh, but we'll get a couple of you on, uh, if you want to come on, that is, uh, to discuss uh, all things Arsenal, transfer window related and Sheffield United related. Right, let's begin uh, by talking about the the victory today. Because I had a little bit of a go on Twitter earlier on today. I had loads and loads of responses uh, to a tweet that I put out where I kind of, I was working yesterday. I was working on the the Leeds versus Manchester City game. And by the time I got back, Arsenal Twitter, if that's what you want to call it, was in complete and utter meltdown. Everybody was moaning. Everybody was kicking off. It was just negative comment after negative comment after negative comment. Oh, we're going to finish eighth. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're not good enough anymore. Um, You know, we've got no chance now of achieving our goals. And I just got a little bit annoyed. And I put a tweet out today. And and in particular, that comment that, you know, if we don't sign, we're just going to finish eighth again. That's the comment that really wound me up. And I'll tell you why it's wound me up. It's wound me up because it's such a simplistic, stupid view to take. Now, if you think that we're going to finish eighth because you that is you know you've you've looked at it you've looked at the squad you've looked at the improvements we've made you, your sort of judgment on Mikel Arteta and you've decided to come to that conclusion that actually despite the fact that you know we've seen some improvement under Mikel Arteta I still think we're going to finish eighth and you've got good reason for that then that's fine every opinion in my opinion it. it Every opinion, in my opinion, is a valid opinion if it's got some kind of argument behind it, some kind of decent logic behind it. But to say that, you know, oh, we've only signed Willian and Gabriel, that's the only difference from last season, so we're going to finish eighth again. It's just stupid. You know, Arsenal wouldn't have finished eighth 
had Mikel Arteta been in charge of this side throughout the entirety of last season. Arsenal won a cup. Arsenal are in a better place than they were last season, having added Gabriel and Willian. Plus, more importantly, having had more time with Mikel Arteta. You've seen Arsenal develop this ability to stay in games when they're not, you know, when they're not able to go toe-to-toe with teams. You've seen Arsenal counter-attack devastatingly. You know that Arsenal have got lots and lots of talent in the forward areas. We saw that today. We'll come on to that in a minute. So there's no reason why even if deadline day on Monday doesn't go as we as we would like it to go, and by that I mean Arsenal don't manage to get a big name signing in, then that doesn't mean Arsenal are going to finish eighth again. You know, you saw it today. Let's let's move on to the kind of Sheffield United game in a second. But I guess my point was, why can't sorry, why can't Arsenal be better than they were last season, even without another signing? Why can't Arsenal challenge for the Europa League? Why can't Arsenal win a cup again? They can. That's the point. So whilst I agree with absolutely everybody who wants to see Arsenal get an you know another top-class midfielder into the team, someone good enough to add that little bit of extra creativity that we're sometimes lacking of late. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't mean I've given up hope on the season. And that was kind of my irritation with with what everybody's been saying on social media. Social media is a a cesspit. It really is. I mean, so many Arsenal fans going, oh, I'm done with Arsenal. I'm done with Arsenal. I'm fed up. I've had enough. I'm done. Good. Get lost because we don't need people like that. We don't need Arsenal fans who, when it comes to the club not being able to buy someone, are going to say, oh, I'm done with Arsenal. Well, get lost then. It'll be a better place without you. I'd much prefer going to the Emirates Stadium and not hearing those same people whinge every time we give the ball away. Those same people get onto the back of our own players, boo our own players, cause incidents like the Granite Xhaka one. I'd rather those people weren't there because they're not Arsenal supporters, are they? The key word is support. You support a club. You support a team. It means you support them. You back them. Yes, you can have an opinion on, on what you think is wrong, what you think needs to change. Of course you can. I've made a job out of it. Of course you can. But there's a way of going about it. You know, come up with sensible opinions, sensible views, sensible points that back up your feeling and people will listen to you. Spout off nonsense and quite frankly, people just turn off. It's not It's not interesting. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear people saying, oh, I'm done with Arsenal, I'm finished. We'll get lost. Honestly. And in future, I'll be muting those people on my timelines. I don't want to see it anymore. Just one final thing before I, I come on to the Sheffield United game, because I do want to talk about that, of course. This, you know, Mikel Arteta spoke after the game, didn't he? And he said that we're working very hard to, to conclude the deals that we want to do, etc., um, etc. Et and everybody kind of got carried away again on the basis of Mikel Arteta's comments. He reiterated the fact that the ownership are backing him. He reiterated the fact that um, you know, the club are doing everything they can. The fact is, and the fact is simple, at the start of this transfer window, we knew that Arsenal needed to sell in order to bring in significant signings. We knew that. Arsenal had to sell. 
Arsenal's finances were not in a good place before COVID-19 hit, let alone now. So every single one of us went into this transfer window in the knowledge that in order for us to do significant business this summer, we would have to sell people. What's changed? At what point during this transfer window has that changed? It hasn't. You know, lots of us were confident about Husema Wa coming in or Thomas Partey coming in. I was confident that we'd get one of them. But the fact is that we've not been able to do a deal with either of those two clubs. We've said it all along. Atletico Madrid, when it comes to Thomas Partey, their stance is clear. They don't want to sell the guy. Therefore, the only way you get him is you trigger his release clause. And we know, and we have known throughout this transfer window, that that release clause is 50 million euros. So either Arsenal don't have that money or Arsenal don't want to pay, i.e. Arsenal do not feel that Thomas Partey is worth that money. When it comes to Hussein Mouar, Leon want more than we can afford. It's just basic common sense, isn't it? If you go into a shop to buy a television, right, and the television's a £1,000, and you've only got £800 in your pocket, are the shop going to say, oh, don't worry about it, sir. You've got most of the money. You've got most of what we value this TV at. Most of what this TV costs. We'll take that and don't worry about it. It's all good. That's not how negotiations work. That's not how business works. That's not how life works. That's not how anything works. If Arsenal don't have the money, Arsenal don't have the money. We know the Cronkies aren't going to give them any money. They never have. Why would that change? They, they never have got their checkbook out and said, here you go, Arsenal. Here's a bit of an injection. They've always believed in this self-sustaining model. They're going to continue to operate in that way for as long as they own the football club. I'm sure of it. And that's not going to change. You know, so we hoped maybe that there would be a way of Arsenal raising some extra funds, generating some extra money one way or another. We know that they've already sort of restructured quite a bit of debt um, in order to try and make more money available each season. But, you know, if we, if we can't afford the players that we want, it's a problem. But it's a problem that nobody can do anything about. And it's a problem that, although it's frustrating and although you may feel that, you know, we're going to struggle to, 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 you know, to match our ambitions, to hit our targets. I don't think you should be going absolutely nuts about it because we've seen a vast improvement in this team. And that leads me on to today's game. And I want to talk about today's game because, again, it was the same old crap, wasn't it? It was as if this morning a, a proportion of the Arsenal fan base woke up so outraged, so upset, so pissed off about the fact that we hadn't done this transfer business. And when I say this transfer business, I mean bringing in one of Awa, one of Partey, one of these top class midfielders. That they almost wanted Arsenal to... Fa- and I, I will go as far as saying this. There were people out there this morning who called themselves Arsenal fans who wanted us to fail today so that they could then go off on one about the fact that we're not going to... Well, we might not sign someone tomorrow. They wanted it, genuinely. These people wanted it. And I think that today showed 
the improvement that Arsenal have made. It showed what Ars- what Mikel Arteta has instilled in this team that Unai Emery and Arsene Wenger before him couldn't. And that is the ability to maintain a defensive structure, to defend effectively and to, and to not give cheap goals away. Now, Arsenal struggled to break down Sheffield United today. For the most part, Arsenal struggled because Sheffield United are a very well-organized, big, physical team. You know exactly what you're going to get from them. They finished in a fantastic position last season, deservedly so. You know, yes, they've had a couple of dodgy results at the start of this season, but that doesn't make them mugs all of a sudden. We know Chris Wilder is very tactical. We know Chris Wilder's teams are very organized, very hard to break down. And... Arsenal kept plugging away and eventually the quality in the final third shone through. That's the great thing about Arsenal's attacking options is that we have a lot of them. You know, today there was Lacazette and Pepe you could call upon from the bench. You know, William was on the pitch, Aubameyang was on the pitch and Ketia was on the pitch. So there was talent to call upon. And sometimes it takes that little change. It takes that little switch. And Mikel Arteta made that change when he brought on Nicolas Pepe. And in my opinion, Nicolas Pepe completely changed the game. Completely changed the game. You know, I know he didn't score the first one, but he scored what proved to be the decisive goal in the end. And yes, Arsenal went on to concede a goal later on. But we were already in a position where, you know, we were we were comfortable at 2-0. And also, even when Sheffield United pulled one back, I didn't feel like we were going to concede a second. And I can't say I would have felt that way under previous management. So I guess my point is that today's game, that when Arsenal weren't at their best, when they remained patient, when they kept plugging away, relied on their quality in the attacking thirds to get them what they needed, yet managed to defend effectively, strongly, and in an organised way, they got what they needed and they got the three points at the end of the day. That's the difference between Mikel Arteta's Arsenal and Unai Emery's Arsenal. And that's why you should take some confidence and believe that we can be better than we were last season. It's not to say that the top four is a given. It's absolutely not. This is a crazy league, a crazy league. And we've seen that today, which we'll come on to in a little bit. But, you know, take some encouragement from what you're seeing on the pitch. It's not always about going and buying this guy and buying that guy. We've seen plenty of teams spend a lot of money and it not really work out for them. So, you know, that's not always necessarily the answer. I've got to be honest. Talking about some of the individuals, Nicolas Pepe today, um, obviously he came on as a, as a substitute, had a massive impact. Second goal was fantastic. That was Nicolas Pepe at his brilliant best, carrying the ball from that right-hand side, shifting it onto his left foot and finding the far corner. Trademark Nicolas Pepe, fantastic stuff. Brilliant to see. A player, in my opinion, who's taken a lot of criticism of late, even from me. Um, I've said that I've been worried about him. I've said that I was worried that maybe we spent too much money on him, that maybe he wasn't at the level that we needed him to be. I also spoke about the fact that Mikel Arteta appears to be very invested in helping him out, very invested in, um, you know, improving him, getting the best out of him. And that kind of told me that in Mikel Arteta's mind, he sees a player in Nicolas Pepe. He sees someone who can develop, someone who could be of great use, someone he can work with, somebody who can uh, go on to, to be 
consistent at the very highest level. And Nicolas Pepe showed that again today. Talking about some of the other individual performances, I thought Gabriel was fantastic again. Just looks so comfortable all the time. Not only is he really physically imposing, but he's very comfortable when in possession. He doesn't seem to get caught out much. He just, for me, he just brings a calmness to the defence and a calmness that I don't think we've had at the back for a very, very long time. Talk about David Lewis alongside him. And for the most part today, it was a back four from Arsenal. It was a back four from Arsenal, really, with Lewis um, alongside Gabriel Tierney was was very much playing that left back with um, with Saka sort of ahead of him, but, you know, changing positions as he does. Um, so, yeah, look, I didn't think David Lewis was great today. A couple of dodgy moments, probably should have picked up a yellow card. Um, but, yeah, I thought Sabios was good again today. Really made us tick in the middle of the park. Interestingly, Arsenal's first Premier League win since August 2019 without Granit Xhaka in the starting eleven. So for those of you who think that Granit Xhaka is useless and not important to this team, that stat says otherwise. It really, really does. I thought Eddie Nketiah was disappointing today. Um, I also thought Willian before Pepe came on, was disappointing as well. I think he picked up his game a little bit when his role slightly changed. He moved a little bit uh, more infield, was operating a bit more from the left and Aubameyang went through the middle. Um, so I didn't think he was great. But I just, I, I was baffled by the fact that Eddie Nketiah started, to be honest. I thought that Lacazette would be would be in the side for this one and I was really um, disappointed not to see him start. I think the fact that Nketiah was, was the first forward to be changed just told you... Um, everything you need to know um right let's uh, let's go over to some of the live comments because some of them are, are just ridiculous so we're going to bring them up um and if you you know if you're watching in the live comments and you want to come on and have this chat feel free head over um to our twitter account at chronicles underscore afc dm me and i will send you a link right back that will get you into the stream if you wish um if you wish to do so um so yeah, feel free to do that. If you want to have a chat, um, if you want to have a chat, come and uh, let's, let's do it. Because a lot of you are kind of having a go in the comments, which is under, which is standard. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's see what some of them say. Uh, Ekene says, are you Kroenke's PR manager? Uh, why am I Kroenke's PR manager? Because I think that Arsenal don't have the money without Kroenke putting it in. What gives people the impression that somebody who has been around our football club for years and years and years and has never, ever put his hand in his pocket to say, here you go, Arsenal, here's some money, go and get what you need, is going to do it now. By being realistic and by saying that Arsenal appear to not have the money to get these deals done, is not being Kroenke's PR manager. It's being realistic. NB7, 9UK, says, Harry, you're happy with mediocrity. Shame on you. How am I happy with mediocrity? When have I said that? When have I said, I don't want Arsenal to have the best players. I don't want Arsenal to compete at the highest levels. Absolute nonsense. Absolute nonsense. My, you know, and, and everybody, we're all Arsenal fans and we all give up something or another for our team, whether it's money, whether it's time, 
Um, you know, all of us do. So why would anyone who gives up something, can I give up a lot of my time, a lot of my money, um, you know, to follow Arsenal Football Club? Why would I want mediocrity? Uh, if you can find me a soundbite or a clip of where I said that, I would love uh, to hear it. I would love to hear it. Um, Hola Donkey says, um, sorry, Harry, but your statements are not quite honest. You're being the devil's advocate. You can't defend the owners. You can't deny Arsenal have money and you can't defend Arsenal. Uh, you can't defend lying. First of all, I, I never defended the owners. I said that Arsenal Football Club don't have the money. Arsenal Football Club as a business, as an entity, don't have the money. Stan Kroenke has the money. Arsenal don't have the money. So that's not an inaccurate statement. It's a fact. I'm not defending the owners. At, at, at no point have I said it's right that the owners are not putting this money in or that the owners haven't gone to help the club out through a difficult time. At no point have I said that. I've not defended them. I'm just going by their previous behaviour and predicting that they're not going to change their ways. What's, what's inaccurate about that? Where have I defended lying? And who is lying anyway? Mikel Arteta says that the club are doing what they can, as in using their, what, what is available, the maximum, to get people in. What, how do we know as supporters whether that is lying or not? How do we know if that is the truth? You know, it's, it, everybody seems to think that they know what's going on behind the scenes. And the reality is that we don't. Guys, quick reminder, um, smash the like button if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And I'm delighted to say uh, Daniel is joining me. Um, Daniel, bear with me a second while I bring you into the stream. Daniel, how you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you, Harry? And listen, I just want to apologise about the lack of lighting here. It's a bit dark, so I do <laughs> apologise for that. No worries at all, mate. No worries. First of all, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I'm doing all right. A uh, bit, uh, bit of it's been a bit of a mad day in the Premier League, isn't it? This today, so uh, it has. Yeah, indeed. It's, been a, it's been a bit insane. It has indeed. But Daniel, let me get your thoughts on on some of the, the, the you know the the big talking points because obviously um, I've kind of sat here at the beginning of this show and I've said that you know it feels like Arsenal just don't have the funds to do what it is that we want to do or that we as fans want to see the club do. There's not really much we can do about that, but it doesn't mean that we should turn on the team. It doesn't mean we should turn on Mikel Arteta, call him a liar. You know, what? what's your take on this whole thing? If Arsenal don't end up bringing in a central midfielder between now and the end of the window, how are you going to be feeling? And what do you think is the real reason as to why it's not happened? This is a tricky one for me, Harry, because... Earlier, earlier on in the window, I was a little bit confident. I thought, okay, that you know, we've got loads of time to do our business. We know with the whole COVID situation, it's going to be tricky. A lot of clubs are in a similar position. But as the window's gone on, and especially over the last couple of days with Arteta's press conferences, I'm getting a slightly a little bit concerned just by some of the stuff he seems to be dropping and the way he's saying it. It kind of they're kind of setting us up for not getting anybody in. And um, I've said for time that it's not Arteta's fault. This solely lies with the people upstairs because he's doing his bit on the pitch. 
He's doing the best with what he has to work with. And let's be honest, he's had to work, come in and work with a real mess. So to do what he's done in the time that he's done it is fantastic. And I've said for time that the board need to back him. And for me, the real issues, the real issues is the board because it's looking like that they're not giving him the money to spend. Now, I know we've got this situation with COVID. I know we, we everybody's in a similar position. But even so, Harry, come on, you look at Thomas Partey. His release clause is 45 million. You pay that and you've got a decent player. Listen, if they meet that release clause, the odds are that he's going to become an Arsenal player. That's not a hard deal to do. Awar is slightly more difficult, although it can be structured and although that the payments can be paid over an um, extended period of time, it's a harder deal to do. We know the Leon president is a difficult negotiator. So with the Thomas Party thing, I feel like they could just easily go and pay that and he would be an Arsenal player by the end of the window. But it's just whether they can raise the money. Now, I believe that they've got that money. I really do believe that they've got that money. So I don't understand why they're just not going there and paying it. But in answer to your question, if we don't get anybody, listen, I'm still going to back Arteta because he's doing a fantastic job with essentially one arm tied behind his back. And you saw in today's game and the game against Liverpool on Monday that it is the midfield we're lacking, whether it be that defensive box-to-box midfielder or the creative midfielder, we're sorely lacking in that department and we need reinforcements. Agreed. You're absolutely right. We do need reinforcements. We do need better players. It would be great if Arsenal could go out and add a top-class, world-class, even uh, central midfielder to the ranks. But, you know, as I was saying right at the top of the show, this... I'm cool with the outrage. You know, I, I understand why some fans are frustrated because there are fans who think that, you know, we are one or two players away from, from making the top four. Um, and... You know, I get that. I've got no no real issue with that. I get why people are frustrated. I get why people are disappointed. But, you know, we knew, didn't we, Daniel, from the beginning of this transfer window, that Arsenal had to sell to buy. We knew that. That was what was being reported by every reputable journalist around. It was Arsenal need to sell to do significant business. The fact is that the players we've got the players that we want to move on, nobody bloody wants them. That's the reality. We can't give, we can't sell players if people aren't interested in them. And you know, we're, we're hearing tonight that Matteo Genduzzi is is likely to join Hertha Berlin on loan uh, for for the rest of the season. Um, you know, Serkalasinac was left out of the squad today, which suggests that a move could still happen uh, regarding him. Lucas Torreira, of course, close to joining Atletico. But when all these clubs looking on, watching Arsenal, you know, were, were fully aware of the fact that we were desperate, absolutely desperate to move on these players, they were always going to leave it late. This was always going to be a problem. And I do believe we will get some out of the door between now and when the window closes. But the problem is, is that going to leave us enough time to do anything? And, and that's, that's the issue, isn't it? You, you say about Lucas Torreira, Harry, that for me... That baffles me. Now, not the fact that he's being sold or being loaned out, but what's baffling me is you've got a situation with Atletico Madrid where, listen, we want Thomas Partey. They want to pay the release clause. They want us to pay the release clause. 
And I completely get that. If I was in Atletico's shoes, I'd be saying exactly the same thing. You want our player, you pay the money. But then they want Lucas Torreira, so which kind of is a bit more of a bargaining tool in Arsenal's favour. But they seem to be giving up Lucas Torreira without a fight. I'd be saying Agreed. to Atletico, I'll be going, do you know what? You want us to pay the release clause? Well, hey, if you want Lucas Torreira, you're going to have to pay some money for him or we're going to have to do some kind of swap deal. I just feel like in this situation, Arsenal have rolled over too easy, too quickly. And that's worrying as a club. You know, you see all these other clubs that have this hard shell when it comes to selling players, but we just seem to roll over really softly, in my opinion. Agreed, agreed, absolutely agree. I've, I've said that on previous shows. I feel like, you know, given that their interest in Torreira is strong, that we should have been a little bit more forceful in our negotiations. Now, you know, the, the Thomas Partey clause, a lot of people seem to think that it was it was a case where we could go to Atletico and say, here you go, lads, Lucas Torreira is worth 20 million. Thomas Partey's clause is 45. We'll give you 25 and that will, you know, that will balance it out. It doesn't work like that. And the, the clause requires a lump sum to be paid. That's the information that I've had, that the sum has to be coughed up at once in order to trigger that release clause. Or if the offer is below, of course, Atletico have the power to accept that. But it all comes down to one simple fact. And that simple fact is that Atletico Madrid do not want to sell Thomas Partey. So if we want him, we're going to have to make them sell him. And by making... An offer that meets that release clause, we will be forcing Atletico to allow us to talk to the player, forcing them uh, to let him go. Problem is, it's, you know, it is, it's, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. It's, it's been such a, a difficult, you know, kind of window for a number of reasons, because I think people kind of got carried away um, at the start of the kind of, transfer window when it looked like we were getting deals done really really easily or simply you know we wanted William we got him we wanted Gabriel we got him we wanted to buy us back we got him but then we hit the brick wall and that was when the money ran out wasn't it yeah listen it it's definitely listen in my opinion Harry I think I think Arsenal have got the money I, I do genuinely believe that you know and and it makes it worse when you've got a guy like Vinay coming out and making statements like we don't have to sell to buy, which kind of backs Arsenal into an even bigger corner because then a lot of fans like myself who are going to go, okay, then we don't have to sell to buy. So why aren't you paying the money? Why aren't you you stumbling up that money? But but do you, you know, is that not Arsenal just protecting their position in the transfer market? Is that not Arsenal just saying what, what they're going to say in public without it actually being, you know, uh, you know what actually the truth is. Is it Arsenal just trying to save face, Daniel? Just, just before, because I got another caller, I got to bring on. But do you predict Arsenal will do any business between now and the end of the of the window, and in terms of incomings? Um, I, you'd like to think so, Harry, wouldn't you? I, I'm gonna. I've said from day one, and I stand by this, and I'm probably going to look like a complete idiot. I do think we'll get Thomas Partey. I, I really do think we'll get him at the 11th hour. I think it's a much easier deal to do than the OR deal. And I think Arsenal are just going to go, do you know what? We'll just meet that release clause. Because 
he will become a play, an Arsenal player. As soon as you pay that release clause, the rest is pretty much straightforward. The rest is pretty much straightforward. Hope so. Hope so. Thank yeah. you very much, Daniel, mate. Um, Harry, can I just yeah. um, give the channel a shout out, please? Of course, that, of course, yeah. of course you can. So guys, I've got a channel called The Blind Gooner, um, and I'd really appreciate it. Um, it's an up and coming channel. Um, so I've just hit over a thousand subscribers. So I really appreciate that. If you could give it some support and help me grow, I'd really, really appreciate that. Do check out the Blind Guna guys. Fantastic channel. You've heard Daniel talks plenty of sense. Head over, check it out. Daniel, thank you so much, mate. Thank you, Harry. Cheers, mate. That was the brilliant Daniel. Uh, right. It's a good friend of mine. He's always up for an argument. Mr. Dan Potts, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing, bro? Yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. Not too bad. Just uh, fighting off the Twitter trolls today, left, right, and centre. Because man, I've got plenty of them, man. Plenty of them. <laughs> <drop> me. <laughs> Just because because I said that you know this morning that the, the game was the main focus today, and that the outrage for me was a little bit over the top, given that the window hasn't closed. Look, if the window closes and we don't get any significant business done. And people want to have a moan about it and feel as though that is going to cost us and want to sort of explain their reasons why and, you know, have sensible discussions. I'm all for that. But if people, you know, this, we're going to finish eighth just because if we don't sign anyone, we're definitely going to finish eighth. I just, does my head in. What's your take? Yeah, there's a meltdown, bro. I didn't realise the transfer window had already shut. Um, <laughs> but it seems that way when you listen on Twitter, it seems that everything's done. And I'm trying to keep the faith. And, you know, I put my neck on the line and said that the OR deal was done. And I was told, reliably informed that the OR deal was done. And, of course, it looks now like that's not going to happen because for whatever reason, we can't afford him. The Leon president's not playing ball. But there's just something that tells me that we are still not done yet. And I do know there's going to be outgoings because there has to be. Um, and I just hope that we get the incomings. You know, I look at it and I think to myself, <laughs> Fergus is in the house. Uh, I just look at, I look at it and think to myself, is there anything I can see that can kind of give us a boost? And it has to be those two deals. I'm not interested in the Jorginho's of this world. I'd take or leave the Zaha thing. I just think for me, it's it's Thomas Party and Hasamawa. And looking at the results this weekend and last weekend, by the way, could we be going over the top to suggest that these two midfielders could give us what we need to kind of compete with everyone else that's going on at the moment? I mean, behind closed doors is pulling up some crazy results. I mean, we were disappointed with the West Ham result, but looking at them spank Leicester and Wolves, perhaps it weren't such a bad win for us. I mean, some of the results are real craziness. And today we've seen, you know, Liverpool probably going to get fired because at least United kept it to the six of rule. Uh, Liverpool are already going to get fired now. They got they let in seven. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's crazy, man. It is a crazy time. But as far as transfers are concerned, man, it's got to be Thomas Party and Arsene Otherwise, it's a bad window, isn't it? I don't know. That's the way I see it. I don't know if you can call it a bad window. Let's just pause there for a minute. Going to bring in uh, another caller, Devon Gunner. How you doing, mate? Welcome. Then, guys, not too bad. Good, good, good. Yeah, let's. Um, up. I'm I'm currently down in the garage at the moment. I've got to stay away from Dad, who's a Liverpool fan. At the <laughs> he's uh, he's not happy. I'm assuming after that. <laughs> How you guys doing? All all right. Yeah, all good, all mate. Good, man, all good. 
Oh, good, mate. Let's uh, let's go over to the live comments just quickly uh, before I bring you in, mate, because uh, I'm getting a lot of stick in the comments tonight, which is fine. Um, I'm a big boy. I can take it. But, you know, I'd rather be called an effing whatever than some of the, some of the stuff like this. Mm. For example... I'm uh, Harry, I don't know why you always do this. I'm sure Dan can tell you the truth. You are not honest most times, Harry. I know your dishonest stand on Ozil. How can we trust you? My dishonest stand on Ozil. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, mate, to be honest. I don't know what what you are getting at. Um, I think that Ozil is still better than some of the players that are in the squad. Obviously, something else has gone on behind the scenes, and that's why he's not part of the team. Simple as that. I mean, I don't know what's dishonest about that. Um, I do think he's made mistakes. I think the club have made mistakes as well. It is what it is. Um, Devin Gunner, mate, what's your, how are you feeling? Are you in meltdown mode? Are you no, confident that we'll do not something? No, not at all. Like I'm, I'm confident that something's going to happen tomorrow, but at the same time, if something doesn't happen, I'm equally as confident, maybe a little bit not so. But for me, at the end of the day, we, we know we needed reinforcements in the team. But I think the biggest problem that we see with our fan base is people just putting these high expectations in their head. But then when something doesn't live up to it, they're, they're completely, completely annoyed. But then they go after the fans on on Twitter, on, on Instagram, on Facebook. I think it's just madness. I think a lot of the fan base... I think personally need to humble themselves slightly and not paint this high expectation of we'll get Partey, we'll get our, we'll get a centre back, we'll get a, a seat. Do, do you know what I mean? I I just I think people are painting this bad picture inside them inside their heads that we're going to go after all of these different players. Um, when in hindsight, we look at Arsenal's history in terms of transfer transfers coming in. We're not that club that go after. And I mean, for for one reason. That Lamar bid years ago, the 90-something million, that baffled me more than anything. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm equally as confident. I think we will get something done tomorrow, whether that be Partey's release clause or um, our. Um, I've been speaking to Dan a little bit on uh, on Twitter. I, I do believe our, there's still some legs in it, personally. Um, I think um, the Leon president has, has got everyone on ropes at the moment. Including Fabrizio Romano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fabrizio Romano, the transfer man who seems to know everything uh, all of the time. It's, it's absolutely the thing is, though, he did this, he did this, didn't he, the Leon president with Lacazette and Don Bele. Yeah. Let, let, let's let's wait till it closes before we have a meltdown about Hossam Mawai. Listen, he might stay. He might stay at Leon. Uh, and party might stay at Atletico Madrid, but the trans window's not shut, and Arsenal fans act as if it is, and it's all done, and it's all doom and gloom. So let's try and keep the faith. Do you guys what? go ahead, mate? Do you guys see anything at all with the our captaincy being ripped from him tonight? I think that there's probably been some kind of discussion between our and the club with mm. regards to uh, you know a potential move. I, I don't think there is any doubt that somebody who is up and coming, somebody who's performed to a decent level for a bit of time now, mm. you know, I, I don't think it's outrageous to think that he'd want to move on. And that if a club like Arsenal come knocking on the door, you know, he would be tempted and he'd have his head turned at the end of the day, whatever people say about Arsenal and their finances and their sort of unwillingness to break the bank, the wages that you would earn as a premier league player, at a club like Arsenal, just 
astronomically bigger than what you would earn at Leon. Mm. And so that plays a part as well. Um, I think that people from the outside are looking in at Arsenal at the moment, looking at Mikel Arteta's project and saying, Do you know what? There's something good going on there. I want to mm. be a part of that. Uh, and, and I genuinely believe that Awar wants the move. I, I, I'm not so sure that's the case with Thomas Partey, though, because for me, Atletico are still a club who, when you look at the state of Barcelona at the moment, are probably capable of challenging for La Liga as well as going very far in the UEFA Champions League. Diego Simeone's taken them to two Champions League finals. You know, they're a very competitive, top-class European side playing in a much stronger league than Lyon are. And therefore, I think it's more understandable as to why Thomas Partey may look at a deal and go, not 100% sure about that. Mm. Whereas for me, Awar would definitely join Arsenal. I think there's no question about that. And I think that, you know, he's probably made some noises about that. And perhaps Leon haven't completely shut the door. I, I, I don't know. Let's um, let's go back to the live comments just quickly. Um, Fergus says, Harry, check your DMs. I have, mate. I, I can't see anything. Have you sent me one? Um, send it to the uh, at Chronicles underscore AFC uh, inbox if you want to. Um, come on, if you send it to me on Facebook, I haven't seen it because I'm not. Let's get Fergus on, man. Let's get Fergus. Yeah, let's on get Fergus on. The voice of reason. Um, <laughs> Joseph, thank you so much for your super chat, mate. He says, "Big up, Harry and Dan. What did you think of the midfield today? Wasn't fussed. Thought it was two sideways. Need Partey, Saka, and Pepe were good today, though. I thought." today's game and I said it a little bit earlier on on the show and Dan I want to get your take on this I thought today showed Arsenal's progress under Mikel Arteta in a weird way we didn't play very well but despite not playing well despite being unable to create a a massive amount of chances the fact that we defended well the fact that we had that defensive structure and were able to remain patient without giving away something cheap shows me exactly what Mikel Arteta has instilled in this Arsenal team. And that is a resilience. Do you not agree? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm watching it with my dad today. I'm actually in my old bedroom, which I've got this legend behind me on the wall, which my my uncle drew years and years ago. Um, But I watched it with my dad and my dad said, El Nini, he just keeps it simple. He's done all right again. And, And that's what people say with El Nini. He just does all right. He keeps it simple, but there's just no forward play. And it frustrates me a bit. Um, you had to get in there and message me that that's the first game we've won since without Granite Chaka in the side. Which, well done, Harry. Praise Granite Chaka. No, but it's fair ever. Dan. You can't argue, Dan. You can't argue with the stats, mate. First game that Arsenal have won in the Premier League since August 2019 without Granite Chaka in the starting eleven. It's a fact, <laughs> as yeah, Rafa well. would say. Yes, that was a good rapper impression, mate. Listen, I, I think I thought Danny Sabias was good today. Actually, I thought he was. I thought it was a bit strange that he come off, but I thought it was a real good performance from him. Um, but I actually feel we look a lot more solid in our midfield balance when Gabriel's playing. I mean, that guy is an unbelievable signing. And 30 million is a steal if you look at Harry Maguire at 80 and Tyro Mings at 26. I mean. This is an exceptional talent, in my opinion. Um, And I think that when we have him there, we look good in midfield. Um, I think we're still lacking massively in our midfield play, mate. And it's no no surprise that we're after two players that would sort us out defensively with an enforcer in transition, creativity. We need it all. And Granit Xhaka and El Nini 
you know, we are, I said it to my mate, we are a Gabriel injury away from having holding chambers, Chaka and El Nini. And that's what we have with Arsene Wenger. So we are so, so far away still. And I'm looking at the results around us thinking one or two signings and who knows what we can do this season. It's so inconsistent. I just need these signings to happen. Yeah, look, I, I think we, we can all agree that we need signings. But my question, I'm going to put it to Devin Gunner, is I guess if we can't afford a Partey or an Awa, which seems like that is the case going into the last day of the transfer window, wouldn't you rather Arsenal said, right, we're not going to do anything now then, and we're going to wait till January, potentially next summer, and go out and get the big name that we need, rather than trying to plug holes because we've been trying to plug holes for years with the likes of David Lewis with you know Willian to a degree you know we're kind of going around taking people's cast-offs um you know in order to try and plug gaps here and there taking advantage of opportunities that come up in the transfer market but they've not necessarily been good deals all of the time and Mm. you know if you said to me now that you're either going to get Jorginho tomorrow or, or or someone else who you would class as second rate, but in January you stand a good chance of going and getting a party or in a war. I'm happy to wait because I still think we're a better side than we were last season, and that's mm. the key. Yeah, for, for me, I'd I'd like to see Arsenal take a leaf out of Liverpool's book, and if we can't go out and buy the players that we want to get, the Partey's and the Alwas, is going for the unknown players. I mean, look look what we did with Martinelli. I mean, no one knew Martinelli before. He came to Arsenal and gone through Arsenal. If we can't go for an hour on a party, I would have no problem with the club going for a couple of unknown names um, in this, in the centre midfield area. I have no, I'd, I've, I'd have no problem with that. I think you look at Liverpool when they got um, Robertson from Hull. I mean, you look at the player that Robertson is now. Like, I, I think that we need to. If we can't go after those players now, I agree. Let's let's get some people in whether it's an unknown whether it's your Jorginho let's get some people in to cover those spaces that we need desperately inside of the team I think everyone can see that um, and and I'd, I'd be happy with that honestly unknown players for me it, it gives me that kind of thing where I'm just always watching them always watching what they're doing off the ball off the pitch um, I just find it very interesting yeah, and, and you know, I'm not saying that Arsenal have got someone lined up, but Arsenal may well have been looking at other targets mm. from a while back when they realised that, you know, Atletico weren't budging on, on Thomas Partey. And that's been the case for weeks now. Let's be mm. honest, it's not just, it's not like yesterday, Atletico Madrid said, oh, by the way, we're not selling him. And now we're stuck and there's a day left. Mm. We've known that that deal in particular was going to be a tough one to do for mm. a while, particularly if Arsenal don't have the funds or what I think might be the case is that Arsenal have looked at Thomas Partey and gone rightly or wrongly. Is he worth 50 million? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Dan, if Arsenal go and get another body in tomorrow, a midfield player, you know, obviously it is something we need and it may not be the sort of number one target, but I've gone off on a different track there. But what I meant, what I wanted to come to, I guess was we know that Genduzi is close to a low move. We know that Torreira is close to a low move. Serkalasinac was left out of the squad today. If we could do something in the morning, or at least nail down something in the morning with regards to some outgoings, is there a chance we could make up that deficit in terms of what we can or are willing to pay and what is needed to get one of those players? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, we could, we can still get both, in my opinion. I mean, a lot of people say that's dead in the water. We could still get both. We don't know what's happening. Uh, Rumours I've heard is that Josh Kroenke has, has kind of gone to his dad and said, look, we need to help. We need the 100 million to get these two signings. Listen, is that true? I have no idea. Uh, but let's hope it is. And they show some ambition for once because getting these two players is massive for us. And I think that you need to start with the ORs and the parties. And if it gets to the stage tomorrow where we can't get them, then we still need to go and get players. And whether that's DOR from Roma, Sangari from Toulouse, or, or whoever it be in that position, we need an enforcer. We need uh, some presence in that midfield. You can't get rid of Torreira and Guendouzi and then decide, actually, we can't get anybody party and ORs dead in the water because you're just throwing away players that are going to be strength and depth to your squad. So if they're definitely out the door, Somebody must be coming in already. You know, we must have had something sorted tonight to allow Guendouzi to go, to allow Torreira to be looking to go to Atletico Madrid. And it's just like a matter of time, so we speak. Something's going to happen. I just hope it's the right the right names that I want to see. And if it isn't, then you, you go for the your backup targets. And if Jorginho is one of them, then like Devon Gunner says, listen, it, it's going to have to be somebody in the door. I don't really want Jorginho, if I'm honest. But if it means that we have to get somebody in and he's the guy that Arteta wants, I'll trust it because I do trust the manager. Cool. Good oh, stuff. Um, Devon Gunner, thank you so much for joining me, mate. Really, really no appreciate it. And um, just finally, prediction. Are we going to get someone in tomorrow? Yes or no? Yes, I think there'll be two sign-ins tomorrow. Good Go on, Devin Gunner. Right. Go I hope on, you're right. This guy is the uh, the beacon of, of uh, positivity. Thank you so much, mate. Cheers for coming on. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Brilliant. That was Devin Gunner. We've got another guest, and uh, he was shaking his head uh, in the little backstage bit on the screen. Um, welcome uh, to the show, Fergus from Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, Fergus, you don't seem convinced that Arsenal are going to get somebody in the door tomorrow. What's your take no. on the whole situation? The whole, the whole scenario. First of all, sorry for spamming your um, your timeline and uh, on Facebook and YouTube, but I have been giving you likes, uh, Harry. You so have. Like, you have. After likes. <laughs> um, I, 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 I can't see very much happening. Um, significantly, sig- significant signings happening. Um, Party and OR, uh, me and Dan on WhatsApp on several times have had uh, exchanges over that, and I don't see it happening at all. Um, Party, from my knowledge, uh, from the information I've had, the only uh, conversation we've had is we offered Lacazette and a little bit of money, and they didn't want it. I don't even know if the, the Terreira deal is actually confirmed yet. Um, does can, can, Harry is it confirmed? It's not. It's not confirmed. Um, there were some pictures doing the rounds yesterday of yep. uh, of, of Lucas Torreira in Spain, supposedly undergoing the medical. There was some Atletico Madrid sort of stuff in the background, so that would suggest that it is it is close, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. And maybe, just maybe, Arsenal are holding out on that in case we don't get anyone in, or in case they think that by delaying that at the last minute could push Atletico maybe into doing something else. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. With, with regards to R, which is hard for me to say as an Irishman, I sound like a, I need a combine <laughs> harvester every time I say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we've made one bid, 34 million. That was it in pounds, 36, 38 million in euros. One bid, that's it. Nothing more. Dan, as I said, we've had the conversation. Um, I can't see anything, anything 
at all happening. Um, but yeah, no. Um, hopefully, as you said before, we will get rid of many players. If we can offload Guendouzi, who I believe is going to Hertha Berlin for three million. Um, but there is some clauses in there to say that if he doesn't make enough appearances, we'll take money. Uh, we'll, we'll lose money on that deal. Saliba to possibly PSV in Holland, but there's also links to some other clubs within um, the UK, possibly Premier League, some championship sides. And also, I think, Dan, you mentioned Rennes as well, didn't you? Yeah, I'd heard France, but um, I heard PSV today with yourself as well, yeah. I've heard Fulham as well on Saliba. Yeah. It really puzzles me on that because everybody, well, you know what our fan base are like. And you put up that post from some guy who said that you were like so disrespectful of Ozil. And I sent you a picture from recently as well, which is on your DMs. You can share that. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I will. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... um, uh, you know, our fan base is just ridiculous. I've I've been trying to stay off social media all day today and uh, half of yesterday. We're just toxic. We're just horrible. Um, I, I've got a question set for our, our podcast that we'll have on Wednesday night, which Dan is going to be on, and he's, he's, he's aware of the question. And what's the difference between a fan and a supporter? And, and it's really a really, really good thing to actually think about but our fan base are ridiculous the i've lost my train of thought now bloody hell um <laughs> they're that <laughs> ridiculous that you've lost your trailer thought. that's how ridiculous yeah. they our fan base are <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I i can't see i can't see much much happening um i think we will concentrate more on uh, developing the youth developing the likes of eddie and Ketier, bringing through smith's role um we're skint we are the hardest i, I put a comment in, in 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 the youtube we are the hardest hit team from match day revenues than any other side within the premier league we we've lost 94 million pound i think a season uh, on um uh, match day revenues so that is going to make a huge huge difference i know uh Kronke and his wife have sold uh, asda for 6.8 billion pounds um <laughs> we ain't going to see none of that either no and 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 some of the stuff i've been reading tells me that Kronke, although it's his wife see it's his wife's and it's not his Therefore, he can't just take money from there and plunk it into this business. Uh, well, isn't that you know, always the case? What, 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 what is your wife's is your wife's? What's yours is your wife's? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I guess, you know, for me, and it goes back to that thing about sort of what I was saying earlier on. Uh, Dan, I want to bring you in on this is, you know, people say that I'm, I'm sort of Cronky's mouthpiece. It's absolute bloody nonsense because i was i was one of the people in the original we care do you group um you know there was a whatsapp group and it, it started and then a couple of days later i was approached by a couple of the guys who i know and they said do you want to be involved in this do you want to be a part of this they brought me into the whatsapp group i went on national radio on at least three occasions to talk about it um to to say that why as arsenal fans we were raising the question about the cronkies we were unhappy with the way they were running the club etc etc it's not that i don't you know it's not that i like what they're doing it's not that i support what they're doing but all i'm saying is judging by what they've done previously 
to expect them now to turn around and do a complete U-turn and say, oh, you know what, guys? Because you lot sent us a statement last year about We Care Do You, I'm going to get 100 million out and give it to you and say, here you go, Mikel Arteta, go and get what you want with it. It's, it I'm judging what I think is going to happen based on their previous behaviour and their previous sort of actions. It's not me defending them. It's me just saying that based on what they've been doing previously, I cannot see that changing. I cannot see them dropping that self-sustaining sort of idea ideology that they've had for so many years during this transfer window, particularly at a time like this. And Dan, that's not an outrageous view to have, is it? That's not defending the Cronkies. It's just they haven't done it before. So why are they going to do it now? No, man, and you're right to do that and you're right to state state that because why would they do it now? They've never done it before. They have shown how much they care, which is very little. So why would they change now? All of a sudden they believe that, you know, what, 120 million will then save us when they don't care. They're not interested about what we do. I think that's what frustrate what frustrates me more, sorry, is the fan base because Fergus brings it up. You know, the fan base can't unite. They everybody hates Cronky. Everybody wants Cronky out. But when it actually comes to doing something together to get them out, what do we do? Nothing. Because we can't unite. Everybody's against each other. So if everybody hates Cronky that much, then what are you gonna do about it? And if the answer is nothing, then please shut the hell up and get on with it. Fergus, I know yeah. you're dying to come in, mate. Yeah, I am I, I am because it, it, it. The We Care Do You movement, I was a, a huge supporter of. And uh, uh, this is directed, I, I know where you're going to come from, Dan, but this is probably directed a bit more at you, Harry. So you, mm-hmm. you were one of the, the starting members or founding. No, I wasn't, I wasn't of the, the original founders. So the people whose names were on the, the thing, I wasn't one of those. Okay. I was asked to come on board afterwards. And like Guns like and Yellow Ribbon, same sort of thing. We supported yeah. the same as you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, but do you think... Now, I, I was a huge uh, follower of the week there. 100,000 people over a weekend. Uh, you went on national radio. Um, it made the national press and everything else. Do you think they have let us as a fan base down? Never mind the Cronkies. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful because some of those are my no, friends. I agree. I agree. Do you think they've let us down? A hundred percent. I tell you what let it down. What let it down was egos. Um, people within that group who felt that they were above others, who wanted to put ideas forward but wouldn't listen to other people's ideas. People who would hold discussions in small groups but not with the big sort of wider sort of audience who had said that they would back the thing. It felt like at the beginning, it was a great idea to bring lots of different people in because it was more voices. It was more podcasts, more channels, more um, media outlets that were going to pick it up. But that need, it needed to be done in a way where everybody had their say and there was a basic idea. And then that people wouldn't be shot down if they, you know, if they went slightly on a tangent in terms of their beliefs on it, because ultimately everybody wanted the same thing. You know, there was this whole big thing about it was it was very sort of and I'm probably going to get some shit for saying this on the podcast, but Likewise. it was very it was very sort of, you know, we'll we'll go to this person because we like this person, but then we don't want them to get X, Y, Z involved because we don't like them. But ultimately, that just shows you what the whole problem is in the first place. It goes back to what Dan was saying. Great example is AFTV. 
right? Some people love it. Some people hate it. But what you cannot deny is they have a massive voice and they have a massive audience. Now, I am sure that from the, the, the very limited dealings I've had with Robbie, that if you pulled him to a side and said, this is what we're doing and we don't really want the controversial characters involved in it, but you are sort of AFTV, you have the platform, would can you, you help us? It? Would you support yeah. it? Would you help us get this message out? I think he would have done it. But there were people that didn't want to get them involved. There were people that didn't want to get others involved. And ultimately, all that did was cause a divide to the point where half of the people's names that you see listed on that sheet of paper initially are not involved anymore and don't give a shit anymore because it's just gone in all different directions. You know, there was never that unity in it. Um, at the beginning, it was great. It was fantastic. And that's why, you know, I've stepped back from it. I haven't done anything to do with it for a long time now, not because I don't believe in the cause because I don't agree with the way it's being run. And I don't think it's inclusive in terms of giving everyone a chance to say what they want to say, put ideas forward without them being laughed at or being sort of just pushed back without any sort of consideration. It's just, you know, I do think to a degree when we had that momentum, when it was in the eyes of everybody that could have made a difference but the pulling at different directions and the kind of narrow-mindedness of some people, not all of them, I have to stress that, but the narrow-mindedness of some of them and the way they wanted to go down traditional routes and not taking into consideration that most of, you know, yes, there are the old school Arsenal fans that do things in a certain way, but yeah. if you, you don't get the youth engaged, if you don't get the young fans coming through engaged, then you're missing a significant portion of the fan base. And and that was kind of my issue with it. I mean, Dan. I mean, you you know you was watching it from the outside. It, it kind of you've seen it die a slow death, haven't you? Uh, it's, 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 it was embarrassing. You know, we 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 had the Cronkies by the balls at one stage, getting all those signatures, and then we signed Pepe, and then it was fine. Be excited, and it's fine. We signed Pepe, and everyone went quiet. And then they came out again way too late with the Unai Emery side of things, in my opinion. And it was just a shambles, and it was an embarrassment, and it's been ruined by that. And the reason is, we use this word toxic all the time, Harry. Yeah, me and Fergus always talk about it as well. You look at it and say that how toxic it is. You bring up AFTV. Some people like it. Some people hate it. People get a release of shouting in front of a camera. Some people slag it off. You look at the atmosphere in the Emirates at times, it's silent. Somebody of 18, 19 years old then decides to bring the Ashburton army in. What do people do? Slag it off. They never get exactly. behind anything, behind anything at all. And then they'll moan that this, oh the, oh, the Emirates is quiet again, isn't it? Well, someone tried to make an atmosphere. And what did you do? You selated him. So now he stopped. Actually, he hasn't stopped. But you get my point. And then what happens is we care to you. Everyone slates it. So... I don't really understand how we can unite as a fan base. It seems that everybody was unhappy with Stan Kroenke, but yet nobody wants to do anything to unite. Do we unite by not buying merchandise? Do we unite by not turning up to games? Do we unite by turning up to games but leaving on the same minute to make a to make a stand? Nobody wants to do it. Everybody says, no, can't do that. Why can't we? Can't do that. We'll slag somebody off that thinks of an idea. And that's why we'll never unite. And that's the problem we've got. We're stuck with this because we have not got a state as a, a fan base that can unite to, to send out a, a message that will do anything to the Cronkies at all. And the one that we did do, we care do you, was messed up by Arsenal fans themselves. Yeah, and and, and just just quickly, the, the reason that, you know, some people didn't want to follow through with some of the actions from the We Care Do You group is because they may have a relationship with someone at the club. 
you know, they may have some kind of sort of other interest that is getting in the way from them doing what they actually need to do. Well, then you're going at it half-heartedly and that's fine. You know, if your career means that you can't do a certain thing, that's absolutely fine. Pass the reins on to someone else. Don't just hold the whole thing up because you can't go and be seen to be saying this about the club or saying that about the club. That's what really, really frustrated me about it. If you look, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the industry now. You know, if I was to start effing and blinding about Arsenal constantly and then apply to get into the press box, I'm sure you know, to a degree that's going to have a negative impact on me. So I do, you know, I'll say what I think, but I'm not, I I try not to be disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. I try not to be disrespectful and that's the way you got to do it. But there's others who are just, they they value that so much that they don't want to risk damaging that. And that has prevented them pushing this thing on. But at the same time, they don't want to give up that sort of responsibility. They don't want to give up that leadership. You know what the great thing was about the We Care Do You movement was? It did unite all the various fan bases and the fa- uh, the factions of the uh, the AKBs and the WOBs, and mm. you know, but, and it was better than where we had that toxic sort of the black scarf movement. I know they were involved in uh, the We Care Do You as well, but that was just seemed very a militant sort of sort of. Um, movement rather than uh, a supporters movement and you talk about like speaking people speaking and worrying about what they're saying goes back to what i was talking about earlier the difference between fans and supporters if you support your club you'll say what you think and you will do what you do for your club it's all about here it's about your heart not your head if you're a supporter if you're a fan you sit in the armchair and you'll just play 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 the good boy yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, it would be wrong of us not to mention uh, Manchester United's absolute spanking uh, today. It's a shame that... We should have a minute silent, Josh. Should we do seven minutes? <laughs> oh, no, that's Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, that's Liverpool. <laughs> but, you know, I was, I was watching it and I was kind of like... Because uh, I, I hate Man United as much as I hate Tottenham, I've got to be honest. And I, I was sitting there watching it and I was like happy that they were getting battered but then this other part of me was like but it's Tottenham I can't be happy like it was just such a weird game obviously Liverpool um battered as well tonight who the hell saw that coming um which means our Invincibles record is uh, safe for another year no. which is great Everton Everton are still there oh, don't worry about them don't worry about them <laughs> Everton are the dark, they are the dark horses this season honestly Everton look really really good they've done some good signings they've done some good business guess what they've got they've got our old accountant and one of our old board members and loads of money yeah, they've got a sugar daddy. They've got a good manager, um, a manager that I was would have been happy to see come in at the Emirates. So um, certainly won't get me saying anything bad about Carlo Ancelotti. They've brought in some good players. They have. Um, I still feel like they're a couple of injuries away, though, from from not quite being at it. And I, I still worry about their central defensive partnership. I'm not I, I like Yeri Mina. I think he's a real character. Um, but Easy and keen as well. Are they capable of performing at that level over the course of an entire season? We'll have to wait and see. Um, guys, don't forget to smash the like button if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Give us a review if you're listening on the audio. Check out Fergus and Dan's Guns and Yellow Ribbons as well. Fergus, where can people find the show? How can they tune in? And when's the next one? 
uh, we're on Wednesday night. Dan's joining joining me and Trevor and possibly one other person on Wednesday night, 7.30. Uh, YouTube, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Facebook, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Twitter is Guns and Ribbons. And Instagram, which I'm crap at, is Guns and Yellow Ribbons. <laughs> Fa- fantastic stuff. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And uh, we're going to be back tomorrow. I'm not sure how many times yet. Um, I'm going to be working tomorrow. It's going to be a really busy day because I'm not just covering Arsenal tomorrow. Um, I'm covering Leeds United and I expect there to be some movement with Leeds United. Um, I'm covering a bit of Liverpool as well, as well as the Arsenal. So it's going to be a mad day for me. But as soon as something of note happens... I will jump on live streams. I will be here. So I'll be able to do that. Um, and we'll bring you uh, one a little bit later on as well in the evening uh, where we'll hopefully wrap up uh, the day and what's happened and, and give you, you guys some thoughts. How good is Bielsa? Uh, oh, he's, he's the way incredible. he sits by the side of the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Marcelo Bielsa has a, this is an interesting thing I, I learned sort of covering leads. He has a superstition when he paces up and down his technical area, he has to take 13 steps one way and then 13 steps back. So it's always 13 steps and it's always exactly the same. And if he do, he will Crazy. never he will never go one step short or one step more. It's it's perfectly calculated, incredible. And he sits on on turned over buckets as well in the pissing rain when he's got a perfect grassroots grassroots yeah. management. <laughs> he's fantastic. He really is. Right. Take care, guys. Um, Hope we haven't depressed you all too much. We'll be back very, very soon. Until then, take care. (laughs) See you later, lads.